Before we start our story, we invite you to join the Circle Round Club. As a member, you can get ad-free episodes, bonus bedtime stories, early access to Circle Round events, and a personalized birthday message from me, Rebecca Shear. Join now and support the public radio podcast you love at WBUR.org slash Circle Round Club. WBUR Podcasts. Boston. Think about a time somebody showed you kindness. Maybe a family member gave you a compliment, or a friend helped you solve a problem. We're about to meet a character who's all about being kind to others, and the result is truly magical. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome to Circle Round, where story time happens all the time. Today our story is called The Magic Touch. Versions of this tale originally come from East Africa. Some really great people came together to bring you our adaptation of this folktale, including Eddie Gathegi, whom you grown-ups may recognize from the American Western film The Harder They Fall. And watch for him in the third season of the space drama For All Mankind on Apple TV+. So circle around, everyone. For the magic touch. There once were two brothers, twins actually. Their names were Juma and Imani. Juma and Imani were raised by their mother, a kind, generous woman whom her sons loved with all their heart. When the twins grew up and it was time for them to go out and make their way in the world, something unexpected happened. Mother fell ill, so ill she had to take to her bed. Oh, Mother, Imani and I can't leave you like this. Juma's right. We must stay here and take care of you. That's very sweet, my sons. But I don't want to stop you from making your way in the world. Mother turned to Juma. Juma, you were born a handful of minutes before Imani was. So how about you go out into the world first, while Amani stays home and takes care of me. Once I'm well again, he can follow you. Of course, Mother. That's a fine idea. So Juma kissed his family goodbye, then set out on a sailboat across the sea. He had been drifting on the waves for a few days when he spotted an island. Ooh, look at this beautiful place. I don't see any people, but get a load of those fruit trees. Their branches are dripping with bright red fruit. This could be a nice place to stop for a while. Juma went ashore and began picking and eating fruit. Mmm. This fruit is delicious. So sweet, so juicy. But, oh, mm, there are pits inside. Definitely don't want to eat those. I'll just spit them out. But the moment the pits hit the ground... An unbelievable sight met Juma's eyes. Could it be? Each pit is growing into a whole new fruit tree. In the blink of an eye. It's getting taller and taller. And now it's as tall as all the other trees. And it's bursting with bright red fruit. I've never seen anything like this. Juma grabbed some barrels from his boat and began loading them up with fruit. I'm going to bring this magical fruit to another island. With the way these trees grow... I'll have an endless supply to sell. Juma hoisted his sails and put his boat back to sea. After a few days, he came to an island that was brimming with people. 
he made his way to the bustling marketplace and set out his barrels of fruit. Magical fruit here! Get your magical fruit! Spit out the pit and watch a new tree grow in a flash! It wasn't long before a curious crowd gathered. But when Juma went to demonstrate the magical powers of his fruit, chewing a handful of them, then spitting out the pits, <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Perhaps the pieces of fruit weren't ripe enough. Let me try again. So he did. He grabbed another handful of fruit and began to chew. But once more, when he spit the pits out, <laughs> nothing happened. Ah, this guy's a phony. A fake. A total fraud. We knew your magical fruit was too good to be true. Juma was flummoxed. But ladies and gentlemen, I assure you, I am not a phony. On the island where I picked this fruit, it worked like a charm. I swear. I just spit out the pits and right there before my very eyes... Before Juma could say another word, he felt someone grab his shoulder. So, you're the one making up stories about magical fruit, huh? Juma whirled his head around. Standing before him was a burly man in uniform. Listen, pal. I am part of the Queen's Royal Guard, and it is my duty to tell you that on this island, we are honest. Because Her Royal Majesty despises dishonesty. She loathes lying. She forbids any fibs. But I'm not telling any fibs, and I'm not lying. I'm telling you, this fruit... Enough arguing, mister. I'm taking you to the palace dungeon and putting you behind bars. Queen's orders! Meanwhile, back at home, Mother and Imani were completely unaware of Juma's misfortune. Instead, the pair was in high spirits because Mother had finally recovered from her illness. Imani, now that I'm feeling fit as a fiddle... It's your turn to make your way in the world. Now go out there and make me proud. You bet I will, mother. So, like his twin brother before him, Imani kissed his mother goodbye, then headed out in his boat. Little did he know that ahead of him lay some stormy seas and some unimaginable adventures. What do you think will happen to Imani? And what about his twin brother, Juma? Will he ever go free? We'll find out after a quick break. Support for Circle Round comes from Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Circle Round. That's Indeed.com slash Circle Round. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for Circle Round comes from Wondery with the new podcast, The Cat in the Hat Cast, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. Listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. 
Welcome back to Circle Round. I'm Rebecca Shear. Today our story is called The Magic Touch. Before the break, twin brothers Juma and Imani set off to make their ways in the world. Juma went first and wound up in jail. But Imani didn't know that. So when it was his turn to leave home and go traveling, he was in high spirits as he hopped into his boat and took to the sea. Unfortunately, the sea was not kind to Imani. The clouds rolled in, the wind picked up, and sheets of rain surged down from the sky. After being tossed for days across the choppy, foam-topped waves, Imani ran aground on a cold, rocky island. Look at this place. So bleak and dreary. I definitely don't want to stay long, but the sea is too rough to head out again. I'll wait for the skies to clear and have a snack. All that sailing has me famished. Imani plopped down on a rock and reached into his bag for a pot of cooked millet. But just as he was spooning the grain into his mouth... Excuse me, sir. Any chance you could share some of that? Imani looked up. Perched on a cliff above him was a black and white bird. Its body was scrawny, and its feathers were rough and matted. Was that you talking just now, bird? Or did those crazy waves toss my boat and my brains? Oh, it was me, all right. And I'm sorry to bother you, sir, but the storm stranded me on this desolate island, and I haven't eaten in days. The bird fluttered down and perched on Imani's shoulder. Imani gave the scraggly creature a pat. I'd be happy to share my millet with you, bird. And please, call me Imani. The ravenous bird stuck its beak into the pot and gobbled up all the millet. Wow, that hit the spot. I appreciate your kindness, Imani, and I promise one day I'll repay you somehow. Then the bird spread its wings and took off across the island. Imani felt his stomach growl. He was still hungry. So he reached into his bag and fished out a small jar of honey. But just as he was about to suck down a spoonful... Pardon me, sir. Any chance you could share some of that? Imani looked down. There on the ground was an ant. Its little black body was all shriveled, and it seemed to be walking with a limp. Was that you talking just now, Ant? Or am I hearing things? Oh, it was me, all right. And I'm so sorry to interrupt, sir, but I'm downright famished. This island is so rocky and barren, and I've had a devil of a time finding anything to eat. The ant wiggled its antennae. Imani knelt down and gave the creature a smile. I'd be happy to share my honey with you, Ant. And please, call me Imani. Imani drizzled all of his honey on the ground, and the ant went to work lapping up the sticky, sweet stuff. Mmm, that was just what I needed. I appreciate your kindness, Imani. And I promise, one day I'll repay you somehow. Then the ant scurried away. Imani rummaged through his bag and found a cup of rice. But just as he was about to stick a fistful into his mouth... I beg your pardon, sir. Any chance you could share some of that? Imani looked up. Floating in the air before him was a djinn. His mother had told many tales about these supernatural spirits, but this was the first time Imani had actually seen one. Whoa! Was that you talking just now, djinn? Or am I so hungry I'm hallucinating? Yep, it was me. 
I hope I didn't freak you out, sir, but evil spirits have banished me to this island, and it's an absolute wasteland. I've been without food for days. Imani gave the djinn a sympathetic nod. I'd be happy to share my rice with you, djinn. And please, call me Imani. The djinn took hold of the rice and poured every single grain down its gullet. Yum! That was perfect. I appreciate your kindness, Imani. And I promise, one day I'll repay you somehow. Then the djinn disappeared with a poof. Well, that was crazy. I met a talking bird, an ant. I even met a djinn. But I'm so hungry I could pass out. And it's obvious I won't find any food in this dismal place. Now that the skies have cleared, I'll get back in my boat and move on. So Imani hoisted his sails and took off across the calm, peaceful water. Before long, he caught sight of another island. And to his delight, it was covered with... Fruit trees! Now, as you might guess, this was the exact same island that his brother Juma had found. But Imani didn't know that. So he docked his boat, sprinted to the fruit trees, and stuffed handfuls of the bright red fruit into his mouth. This fruit is delectable. Oh, but wait. It has bits inside. Better spit them out. Of course, the moment Imani spit out the pits and the pits hit the ground, you know what happened, right? Would you look at that? They instantly blossomed into new trees. My goodness! Not only is this fruit delicious, juicy, and sweet, but it's magic! I'll bring a bunch of this with me to my next destination. I bet it can come in very handy. But just as Imani went to fetch some barrels from his boat... Imani! Wait! Imani flicked his head around. He couldn't see anyone, but he could have sworn he heard the djinn, the supernatural spirit with whom he'd shared his rice on the desolate barren island. Djinn? Is that you? Are you here? Not exactly. I'm still stuck on that bleak, forlorn island. But I've used my powers to watch over you ever since you left. And since I promised I'd repay you for your kindness, I must tell you, that fruit you're picking, it won't grow just anywhere. It won't? It will only grow on the soil of the island where you're standing right now. If you take the fruit with you, you must take some of the soil with you, too. Only then will the fruit work its magic and grow before your very eyes. Imani felt his heart overflow with gratitude. Thank you, Jin. Thank you so much. Always happy to help a friend in need, Imani. Imani smiled to himself as he filled his barrels with fruit and soil. Then he got back in his boat and sailed off. He soon arrived at another island, and as fate would have it, it was the same island where his twin brother was imprisoned. But again, Imani didn't know that. So he snatched up his barrels and hustled over to the marketplace. Magical fruit here! Get your magical fruit! Spit out the pit and watch a new tree grow in the blink of an eye! Imani expected a crowd to gather round, eager to catch sight of his marvelous mystical fruit. But instead... Magical fruit, you say? You're seriously gonna play that trick again? Last time you pulled that stunt, 
You wound up in the queen's dungeon. Given how much she despises dishonesty and loathes lying, I can hardly believe she let you out. At first, Imani was utterly confused. Wait, wait, what are you talking about? I have never been to this island before. You must be talking about somebody who looks just like me. Someone Oh. Suddenly, Imani understood. They must be referring to his twin brother, in which case Juma was locked in the queen's dungeon. Imani rushed to the palace and demanded to speak with the queen. But when the queen caught sight of Imani, her royal face broke into a scowl. You again? Need I remind you that because I despise dishonesty, because I loathe lying, because I forbid any fibs, I threw you into the dungeon. How in the world did you break out? But that wasn't me, Your Majesty. It was my twin brother. And he didn't mean to deceive you. Those fruits he brought to the island, he couldn't get them to grow because he didn't know their secret. But I do. Please, Your Highness, give me a chance to prove myself. First thing tomorrow, come to the palace garden. I will show you this miraculous fruit. The queen gave Imani a very long, very stern look. All right. Fine. Tomorrow morning you may show me this so-called miracle. But remember, if you fail, you will be cast into the dungeon with your treacherous twin, and the two of you will live out your dishonest days behind bars. The next morning, Imani woke before sunrise, hurried to the palace garden, and sprinkled the magic soil upon the ground. By the time the queen arrived, Imani had covered the entire garden with a thin layer of the enchanted earth. Well, young man, I don't have all day. Show me this supposed magic of yours. Imani grabbed a piece of fruit and popped it into his mouth. He began to chew and chew, and then <coughs> he spat the pit onto the ground, right on top of the magic soil. And just like that, a whole new tree began to grow, springing from the earth in the blink of an eye. The queen was gobsmacked. That was phenomenal! Extraordinary! I must try it for myself! She reached into Amani's barrel of fruit and popped a handful into her mouth. Then she began spitting and spitting until, much to her delight, the royal garden was filled with magical fruit trees. This fruit of yours is utterly spectacular, young man! Thank you, Your Majesty. Now that you know I was telling the truth, will you please free my brother from his cell? The queen gaped at Imani as if he had three heads. Free? Your brother? <laughs> no, I will not free your brother! A fib is a fib, and he told me a real whopper. But, Your Highness, I assure you, my brother did not know it was a fib. He just didn't know the secret. Only I know the secret. Young man, you appear to be some sort of magician. And that intrigues me. So I tell you what. If you can work two more feats of magic, I will free your brother. At the thought of his brother going free, Imani's heart leapt. But at the thought of having to perform two more magic tricks, his heart fell. Um, Your Majesty, with all due respect, 
Is there any way you can just let my brother go without me having to... Absolutely not. You must work more magic, or your brother will never see the light of day. Here is the first thing I want you to do. The queen pointed a bejeweled finger. Do you see that field over there? You mean that huge field that stretches on for miles and miles? That's the one. I want you to plant it. Not with that fruit of yours, but with wheat. All the wheat in the royal storehouse. The entire field must be planted by tomorrow morning. Now get to it. As the queen marched away, Imani felt a pit form in his stomach. How could he possibly do as the queen asked? He spent the rest of the day trying to formulate a plan, but by nightfall he hadn't come up with a single idea. Oh, man. That field is bigger than my hometown. How in the world will I single-handedly plant it with wheat? That's easy. You won't. Imani glanced up, and do you know who he saw? Bird! The same bird with whom he had shared his millet on the desolate island. I told you I'd find a way to repay you, Imani. So here I am. Or rather, here we are. I brought along a few friends. Imani heard a great whoosh of wings, and suddenly the night sky filled with black and white birds. So many birds, they blocked out the moon and stars. The birds swooped into the royal storehouse, scooped up grains of wheat in their beaks, then went about planting the field, dropping the wheat on the earth and using their wings to smooth the soil. By morning, the job was done, and Imani was overcome with gratitude. Thank you, bird! Thank you so much. Always happy to help a friend in need, Imani. The black and white bird took off into the air, followed by its flock of friends. Once the last feathered creature was out of sight, the queen came riding over on horseback. She galloped up and down the field, her gleaming eyes fixed on the ground. Well, young man, seems you managed to plant my entire field by morning. I, I did, your highness. Though, if you must know, I actually had a little bit of- I don't care what you had! You passed my test, that's all that matters. But, you still have one more trick to perform. Hmm? Do you see that tree over there? Imani peered into the distance. You mean that tall one with the trunk as wide and broad as a house? That's the one! I want you to cut through that tree with one stroke of a sword. Just one. If you succeed, I will free your brother. Then the queen turned around and galloped away. Imani spent the rest of the day racking his brain, trying to figure out how he could possibly cut down such a massive tree with just one stroke of a sword. Oh boy, I am in real trouble now. There is no way one hack can knock that tree down. I wouldn't be so sure of that. Imani glanced down. And do you know who he saw? Ant! The same ant with whom he'd shared his honey on the rocky island. I told you I'd find a way to repay you, Imani. So here I am, and I didn't come alone. Imani heard a rustling, tapping, skittering sound, and suddenly the ground was swarming with ants. The army of ants marched over to the tree and scuttled up its trunk. They chewed a hole, burrowed inside, then began eating their way through the trunk's wood. 
By morning, the bark of the trunk still stood in place, but the inside of the trunk was all hollowed out. Imani felt a rush of gratitude. Thank you, Aunt. Thank you so much. Always happy to help a friend in need, Imani. As the ants marched up and over the hill, the queen came riding over. She hopped off her horse and handed Imani a steel sword. All right, magician. Let's see what you can do. Imani took the sword, lifted it high in the air, then brought it down across the tree's trunk. Because the inside was hollow, the enormous tree immediately toppled over. And guess what? So did the queen. She was so astounded by what Imani did that she fainted to the ground. When she finally came to, she knew she had no choice but to make good on her promise and set Juma free. She was a staunch supporter of honesty, after all. But before the twin brothers could set sail and leave her island... Imani! Wait! Oh, (laughs) I wonder, will you stay here? and join my court as the new royal magician. You can cast your spells all over the palace, (laughs) all over the kingdom, even. Now, if you were Imani, what would you say? Yes or no? Well, Imani answered without hesitation, and he said no. Because he knew the queen wanted a magician whose magic comes from a wand, or a hat, or a big book of wizardly spells. But Imani's magic came from something else entirely, a kind, generous heart. And he was eager to go out and share that heart with the world. Now it's your turn. What's one good deed you can do this week? Maybe you can donate extra toys to a charity. Pick up trash or recycling you find in a park. Or write a thank you note to someone who's always there for you, whether it's a librarian, a postal worker, a bus driver, or family member. Think about your one good deed, then go out and do it. And remember that little acts of kindness can do a lot. This week's story, The Magic Touch, was adapted by me, Rebecca Shear. It was edited by Circle Round's supervising producer, Amory Sievertson. Our original music and sound design is by Eric Shimalonis. Our artist is Sabina Hahn. Sabina has drawn a black and white picture for every Circle Round story, and you can color them in. Grown-ups, you can print out more than 150 coloring pages on our website, wbur.org slash circle round. Special thanks to this week's actors. Theodore Chin, Thais Harris, Anthony Palmini, Erica Rose, Nick Shali, Mike Smith, Alexia Trainer, Don Ursula, and Eddie Gathegi. Grown-ups, check out Eddie Gathegi in the American Western film The Harder They Fall, and watch for him in the third season of the space drama For All Mankind on Apple TV+. Our featured instrument this week was the Yambira. You can learn more about this percussive instrument from Africa and see a photo of Eric Shimalonis playing it on our website. Again, that's wbur.org slash circle round. Love the stories you hear on Circle Round? Please help us spread the word. Give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and tell your friends to follow us wherever they get their podcasts. Circle Round is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR news station. I'm Rebecca Shear. Thanks for circling around with us. 
One of the best things about creating Circle Round is hearing from listeners like you. Circle Round fans have been telling us about their favorite Circle Round stories, and we're excited to share some of their voices with you. Hi, my name is Avalyn, and I'm from San Diego, California, and my favorite Circle Round story is the Persimmon Sisters. The part I like is when they get along. My name is Alice from Portland, Oregon, and one of my favorite stories is The Dozen Loaves of Bread because there's someone in it named Alice. I'm Zillian, and I'm from Portland, Oregon. My favorite story was Casting Fire, and it was very fun. I'm Annika. I live in California. My favorite circle and story is The Fallen Sparrow. I like the part where Zoe helps the sparrow. My name is Andrelie, and I live in California. My favorite circle and story is The Bright Yellow Hat because I like the part where Flora helps the tree. My name is Margo. I live in Florida, and my favorite circle round story is Claire as a Bell, because I like when they cover the bell with their tongue. Did someone mention an episode you missed? No problem. You can find every single circle round story on our website. That's wbur.org slash circle round, or wherever you and your grown-ups get your podcasts.